Come and give. <laughs> With a cheerful heart, right? worship on the screen. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. We want our blessings in our pocket. We keep our missions overseas. But for the hurting in our city, would we even cross the street? But we want to see the heart set free and the tyrants kneel. The walls fall down and our land be healed. But church, if we want to see a change in the world out there, it's got to start right here. It's got to start right now. We're going to start right here. We're going to start right So I didn't have a chance to visit like with you guys in the sound booth. We're going to use my PowerPoint from last week. I sent over an email. It was like, and I apologize. They're probably, I don't want you to feel like I'm avoiding you today because every, mo- every Sunday morning I come in and one of the first things I do is I go up into the sound booth and say, do you have this? Do you have that? And we got caught up doing some other stuff today. So I love you guys up there. Let's give the sound booth a hand clap of praise. You know, those are the people we never really know about and see but we appreciate them greatly. Here's what happens sometimes, like the sound guy, and Bobby's running sound today, but Tonya has, has learned to do it, and Justin does it, and, and Tristan is doing some of it too. A lot of times we forget all about the sound person until something doesn't work. And you're like, who is that up there? What are they doing up there, right? So anyways, good morning. Come on, everybody. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. I love that, you know, uh, this is... You know, there, there was a movie back there, some movies. How many of you know you can glean some stuff from movies? How many of you know God can talk to you through movies, right? So there was, what was it, Robin Williams, it was a movie, and he, would, he was, he was uh, I don't know, he was, in, uh, he was in the Army, and it was in Vietnam, and that's what he would say, good morning, Vietnam, or something like that, you know? And, you know, and I, I love that. So I want us to uh, be able to get into the Word of God this morning. Turn with me to 1 Samuel we're going to start out at chapter 30. We're going to lay some groundwork down. We have been talking about strengthening yourself in the Lord. Say it with me. Strengthening yourself in the Lord. And it's something that God had been stirring up within me for a couple of, of, uh, a couple of years, actually. And then we walked through what we've walked through. And there were times, even when I had my heart attack, that there were times where I was by myself. And I felt lonely. Anybody ever felt lonely? Yeah. Everybody, anybody felt by yourself? You're like, you know, I'm, I'm by myself. There's, I'm lonely. There's nobody out there. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Well, my mom used to say, I think I'll go eat some worms. She used to quote that thing. You ever know what? I don't know where that comes from. You know what I mean? And that, Did your mom do that too? It was like, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat worms. And I'm like, why would you eat worms? Well, first of all, I think if I'm going to eat worms, they're going to be gummy worms, right? Anybody like gummy worms? Super Bowls today, um, does anybody, uh, anybody care about that? Three, okay. I was going to do this. I was going to say, anybody for the Chiefs? We got a few. Anybody for the Philadelphia Eagles? Good. Anybody going to watch the game today? Anybody could care less? Okay, there we go. That's, that's, the, that's the real survey right there. <laughs> 
So you guys, I've, I've told you this probably every year. I love to watch it, but I love to watch the end of it because I want to see who's going to give God praise. And there's two quarterbacks, one for each team, that I've read their testimonies, and they're believers, and I'm like, okay, boys, whoever was winning this year, God's going to get the glory. Amen? It's like, I want to see somebody lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. I think they kind of censor that. I think they kind of tell them that, look, you guys can talk about God, but you can't say Jesus. And every now and then, I think some of them will be radical, and they'll step out and go, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's give Jesus a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. So we strengthen ourselves in the Lord, strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And we took this from David, and there was a time um, where David was, everybody knows David was, he killed Goliath. That's what he's known for. When he was a kid, 16, 17 years old, he, he took out Goliath. He killed the lion, he killed the bear, he went uh, to his brothers that were in battle, and he came in, and there was Goliath, you know, threatening the army of Israel. And he was like, who is this guy coming against my God? And he took him out. And that's what we know about him. But a lot of times we think, okay, he was 16, 17 years old, then, then he was anointed as king. He was, he was anointed as king before that, but then Saul was still the king. And there's a period of time in there, which it's around, he was around 30, I think, when he was uh, set in as king, king of Judah. And he reigned in the, as, as, in the nation of Judah. This was before Judah and Israel were together. And then he reigned 30 years for the nation of Israel. So we, we see there was a time where a king himself, although he was anointed as king, didn't step into it. And I'm saying this because God has brought you to a place where there's something he has for you to do and he's anointed you to do it, but maybe there is some preparation time before you step into it. Okay? He's anointed you to do it. There's a preparation time before you step into it, and then you can begin to fulfill that. So the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart, a man after God's own heart. And you're like, what about David? I mean, when David was a king, he, 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 he messed up, and he saw Bathsheba over there, and you know he lusted after her, and there were some things that happened there. And how many of you know God forgave that? Hello. I mean, here's a guy that's messed up and is like, hey, man, that dude was not him. He didn't do the right thing here. And then he would want to murder her husband. And you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and then, but yet this is a person that's God is, is, is a person that's called a man after my own heart. So how many of you know he was being prepared and he was being groomed and he was being brought into a place where there were some things that he was going through. And, and I have to tell Tatum that she's the one who started all this. She, she did a message on being in the wilderness. And, and she, she talked about the, the, the issues that we go through, the suffering that we go through, the difficulty that we go through, and how there's times in that wilderness that God's preparing us for something. Where we are, because of what we go through. There's a song out there, right? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I know I'm singing. I shouldn't be doing that. Shelly, she's so beautiful. You know, I get to singing, and I love the making joyful noise before the Lord, and sometimes I get to singing, and Tatum, sometimes it's during worship, and I'm just into it, and all of a sudden I see her look over at me like, 
Number one, you're either out of tune. Number two, you're, to, <laughs> you know, or, or, or you're singing one thing and I'm singing the part of the next verse, you know what I mean? But I'm having my own party down front, amen? So, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing. When, when, when we have something that brings us joy, you know, I, 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 I love the Lord and he brings me joy. And I look for moments like we were able to experience last night. And, and even this morning, I believe that there was just some real special moments. But there are times in our lives where we feel lonely. There are times in our lives where we're by ourselves. There's times in our lives where we might be isolated. Or there's times in our lives that we're going through something that nobody seems to understand or can figure out. Can I get an amen? So, and that's what David was going through. And we talked a little bit about um, some of the aspects of David, David's life. Number one, he was an anointed as a king. He was anointed as a king, but when he was anointed as a king, how many of you know, nobody knew him. Nobody, he was in the wilderness, but he was developing some things. There were some things taking place in David's heart. And everybody say heart. Because heart, the Greek word, cardia, the, 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 the lifeblood system of our entire body, that heart, that, that, that's what God is after. He's after our heart. We can believe God all we want to in our head, but it really comes to a heart. So he was anointed as king, first of all. And we know when he was in the wilderness that, that he was out there and he learned to worship God. He learned to worship God. He poured his heart out to God. He worshiped God. It wasn't just a head thing. It was a heart thing. Because you got to remember back in those days, those early days like that, the worship of God wasn't for the heart. The worship of God was bringing an animal. Hello? The worship they had in Israel was to bring that animal, to bring that sacrifice. It wasn't about a heart thing. And David was the one that I think, you know, when you look at it, it was like, okay, David moved from a relationship to a relation, excuse me, a religion to a relationship. And, and David was before all of those things that had to begin to take place. So he was anointed as king, as king. And the second thing is that we talked a little bit about was the battles. David's battle with the lion and his battle with the bear, I mean, it revealed his heart for God. And it was because he relied completely on God for the victory. You're going to get a victory over something? Don't rely on me. Do not rely on me. I'm human. I can, you know, I cannot get you there. Come on. You've got to rely upon God for the victory. And when he came against Goliath, he relied upon God for the victory, didn't he? And, and he got it. You know, the scripture says that God was a, I mean, David was a man after God's own heart, and, and that's what he was. We talked about in 1 Samuel 17, we talked a little bit about with the strength of character that he went through by winning these previous battles. There were battles that takes place. Guys, you guys have been through battles. There's been some battles that you guys have come through, and some of you have come through it. Kind of like me, and you've been beat up, and you've been knocked down, and you're still, you're still walking, you're getting back up. you got, you know, bruises on your knees and hands and everything else because you got knocked down. But, I mean, I mean if you know, you like the Timex watch. You take a licking, and you keep on, you keep on ticking. You're the Energizer Bunny. You know what I'm, I'm I always go back to that. Boom, 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 boom.
people. You keep going. I can look around the room and some of you guys that we've known for 24 years, and I'm telling you what, you guys are like rubber bands. You just keep coming back and coming back, and you're, you're like the ever-ready bunny. You just keep coming back, and you just keep going. You keep going. You're like the Timex wash. You take a licking, and you keep on ticking. You may get knocked down, but you get back up. Come on, somebody give me an amen this morning because you, you're not going to be defeated. You're going to have the victory, and you're going to continue to walk through it. And how many of you know you got to continue to do that today? Don't quit. Don't give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare stop. we got to keep on believing. Somebody say, I believe. We got to keep on believing. We got to keep on believing. We got to keep on believing. No matter what comes your way. And I'm here to tell you, David, no matter what came his way, he kept on believing. He kept on believing. He kept on seeking God. Was he doing everything right? No. Are you doing everything right? No. But we got to keep on seeking God. We got to keep on trying again. We got to keep on believing God. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me. Let's go. Let's take a look at. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I want to take a look at that. I don't know if I've got anything else on the slides up there. Yeah, there we go. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I want to look at verse 7. Because David, coming up to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, David had gone off with the, with the uh, uh, Philistines. He actually joined the Philistines, the camp of the Philistines, who were against Israel. He joins them. They go off to a war, and the Philistines were going to go to battle against Israel, and they realized that David was a, a, an Israelite. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, come on, people. It's like um, we're going to war against Israel, and the commanders are like, you know, we got a whole squad back there of 600 men, and um, they're Israelites. Do you think we should go to war with them? Because if, we're, if they're on our team, do you think they're going to be on our team? Because we're going against their team. You know, what, what's up with that? It's like, you know, and they were like, no, look, we don't need David. So they sent David back home, David and his 600 men. They were like, hey, we're, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, okay? It, they were like, hey, we're going to war against the Israelites. And David, we appreciate you, appreciate what you've done. But why don't you take your men and go home? How many of you know, even the enemy rejected him? <laughs> The enemy rejected you. How about if you just decide, you know what, I'm done with this God thing and I'm just going to jump in the enemy's camp. And he says, nope, I don't want you either. <laughs> We'd be going like, what? So David goes home and he goes to home and they, the, the Philistines had given him a, a country, a, basically a, a town, an area, and it was called Ziklag. So they go back and they go back to Ziklag. Now listen, here's what I want you to hear me. The guys traveled for like three days or four days just to travel to get home. So they come home to Ziklag where their family is, and it's been burned. Their wives, their children, everything they've got, all the stuff is gone. And the town has been burned. And here's David with his 600 men, and they're like, they're, they're, they're like <laughs> the ones that he took, they were like dregs of society. Come on, somebody. And he loved on them, and he, and he trained them, and they were warriors. And now all of a sudden, he comes home, and all of a sudden, they're beginning to turn on him. And they're saying, we're gonna, it's David's fault. If he hadn't had us out there messing around with them Philistines. How many of you know sometimes when pressure comes, you can get negative? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about you. No, no, he wouldn't be talking about you that way, that, that you would get negative. 
And then all of a sudden, that's what he was. He was at a place where they were looking to turn upon him. In fact, I believe they had the stones in their hand. You know, and maybe maybe, maybe David, hey, called timeout. <laughs> He's like, timeout, guys. Wait a minute. Timeout. Before y'all get me, hang tight. Let me go check with the Lord. And, and he had nobody he could go to. He didn't get to turn to somebody and say, hey, can you help me out here? He did turn to the priest and say, bring me the ephod. And, and David began to, to pray. But I want us to go through 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I'm going to start off at verse 6. And we're going we're gonna to begin there. So if you got your Bibles and get it, if not, go online on your phone and look it up. Now David was greatly distressed for the people began, they spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. They, God wants to us to learn how to strengthen ourselves when pastor's not around. I want to learn how to strengthen myself when the elders are not around, when the deacons are not around, when brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so is not around. I need to learn how to strengthen myself in the Lord because that's what's going to develop and promote some skills in my life. We need longevity. I said that last week about you want to be just a shooting star. Do you want to be a star that 20 years later you're still up in the sky? You're still shining brightly for the Lord. That's the, that's the, that's the shooting star that we have. So let's look at verse 7. And David said to Abathar, the priest, Amalek's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, you shall overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. I don't know where your theology is, but when you look at the ephod, there was the ephod was a priestly garment, and in that ephod there was a couple of things that that uh, there was the thummim and the urim. And they were, I don't know how to tell you this, they were probably like dice. They were lots. He would, he would figure out what to do. And I've had some people go, well, that's gambling. <laughs> it's like, well, you roll the dice. He's flipping a coin. And do I go? Do I stay? I'm not going to get into all that tonight, but here's what I want you to know. He sought the Lord. And there's going to be times in your life that you're going to have to Seek the Lord. Don't seek Oprah. Don't seek, come on, somebody else. Don't seek the Facebook. Don't seek this other stuff. There's times where you got to shut all that garbage out and say, God, you know what? What do you want me to do? Where am I at on this? And David said, what do I want me to do? And I imagine he was crying out to the Lord going, oh, God, the, what is going on? Look at what's taking place. And he turns around and the whole, his whole nation of his tribe was looking at him and they were going to come at him and they were going to take him out. And he's like, what do I do, God? And he said, listen, the Lord says, I want you to pursue, overtake, and recover all. But David asked him, do I pursue? I mean, did God say, yes, pursue? Well, do I overtake him? Yes, overtake him. Do I recover all? Yes, recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. This is a word for somebody this morning. 
I don't know what you're up against, but God is saying there's a time to pursue and you'll overtake and you'll recover all. And some of us may look at it as items or material things or whatever, but I'm telling you, we're, we're at the one word time where maybe your, your word is peace and you got to pursue that word peace and you're going to overtake that word peace and you're going to recover peace in your soul. Everybody say peace. That's the shalom of God. Let me go. Let me look. Let me hear. I love this word. I love God's word. So David went. <laughs> Let me preach this in a minute. See, what's happened is we're from a, a Western society. We're from a Western culture. And somebody says, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're like, what book do I read? Can you give me five books on that? You read the five books, you watch the documentary, you watch, you know what I mean? It's like we're Western, we're Western people. It's like I got to figure it all out before I give my life to Christ. And he just said, believe. Everybody say believe. He said, believe. He said, believe. And God said it, that settles it, so let's do it. But we're in a Western culture. You know, we're educated. We got more degrees behind our name than thermometers. It's like sometimes it's like you don't have to study it anymore. Put it down and follow the Lord. Do you know what I mean? Put it down and follow the Lord. So I love it when the scripture says, David says, I'm seeking God. Do I pursue, overtake, and recover all? And the Bible says he what? He went. Everybody, he went. He did what? He went. It was like, okay. I mean, David didn't have to go, are you sure? Let me check with Abathar. Let me check with my lead guy over here. Hey, what do you guys think? What's your opinion? Let me put something out on Facebook. What do you all think I should do? You know what I mean? And you kind of do that stuff, and we get all these others' opinions, and we're so messed up because all the everybody's opinion is different. When we hear from the Lord, we need to go. Come on, somebody, say go. We need to go. We need to go do it. We need to go take care of it. We need to deal with it. We've got to do all those things. We just got to get up and go. Sometimes we just got to get off our rusty dusty and go after it. The Bible says he went. David went. He and his 600 men were with him. Did you ever think about, I wonder how the conversation went with David. I wonder how long it was to convince his 600 guys, don't kill me, but let's go. You know? And, and, and I believe they were, they honored David. They were trained by David. David loved them. He took care of them. He honored them. He respected them. When they were hungry, he fed them. I mean, this, these, are, these are 600 guys that when David, as a leader, says, man, I'd love to have a drink of water from that brook. And four of them go, let's go get it. And they travel all night long and they, they go through a wicked place and, and they go through the valleys and, 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 and the mountains and they, they go and they get water from that brook and they come back and they bring it to David and it's like, I got your water. I think David was like, I was just kidding, guys. But they loved and honored him so much and he was like, they honored him so much and he honored them so much, he's like, I can't drink that water. You guys went and risked your lives to go get that water. These were the 600 men. So I believe that when it says he went, in other words, he turned to the guys and said, let's go get it back. I mean, it don't take long for me to go, yeah, let's go. I'm with you, baby. Let's go. I'm ready. Come on, baby. You lead it. I'll be there. You go first. You know, everybody else is like, pastor, pastor, come on. Pastor's here. Pastor, you go first. <laughs> He's like, I get to go first, right? I'm like, okay, let's do it. 
So he said he went, and the 600 guys that said they began to, to, to go with him. And, and, and here's what it says. 600 men were with him. They came to the brook Besor, and those who stayed were left behind. In other words, those where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, and 400 men, and he took 200 that stayed behind. And so they were weary, and they couldn't cross the brook Besor. So you got 600 guys. Four, they, they get there, and 200 of them are like, I can't go any farther. I can't go any farther. I'm thinking, suck it up and go. You know what I mean? And they're like, I can't go any farther. And some people must look at it, but you got to remember, they traveled, and they marched, and they walked. They walked, y'all. They didn't get a bus. They didn't have a train. Three days just to get to find out that their family was gone. And everything that they had was there that, wasn't, that, what, that couldn't be carried off was burnt. It was torn up. And they were just physically drained, emotionally drained. Listen, so don't, don't be judgmental on those 200. So David says, fine, you guys, you guys stay here. The other 400 said, let's go. So you got to remember when they got to the brook of Besor, it was about 20 miles south of Ziklag. And Jerry, do you remember the, the ravine when we went to New Mexico, right? We went to Taos, and you took me to that big old ravine. What was the name of that? Do you? The Red River and the Rio Grande Meat. Was it called some gorge? Royal Gorge? Rio Grande Gorge. Okay, so and have you ever seen that? So Jerry takes me over, right? And we're looking at it, and I'm going, can you imagine being an early settler and you got your family and, and your wagon and your horses and you come up and you go, how the heck are we getting across that? That's what the Brook of Besor was like, okay? I'm trying to give you some context there because those 200 guys got there and they were barely dragging and I'm sure they looked. When we looked at that place, I was like, uh, looking down in that valley and that gorge, and I was like, I don't know what they, how would, how'd they get across? I would have quit. I would have said, ah, forget it. We're camping out right here. What about that? That's what the Brook of Besor was like. So those 200 guys, they got to the point where they were like, I can't do that. Now, what he was saying, what they were saying is that we can't do it, but I think it was that we can't do that now. We are physically worn. It's not going to work. That's what we're looking at. So that's why, you know, when I think about David going, hey, guys, no problem. You stay right here. In fact, here's the other stuff that we're carrying because we got to lighten the load in order to get across there. And that's what it was like. It was steep. It was steep banks. It was like a ravine. It was too difficult to cross. And it was in the winter. I mean, you know, that was even worse. So they left the 200 there and the 400, here they go. They cross it, right? It says, verse 11. Everybody there on verse 11? Then they found the Egyptian in the field. So they're on their way. They cross that. They found their Egyptian in the field and they brought to him David. And they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake and figs and clusters of raisin. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him and he had eaten no bread or drunk no water for three days and three nights. Then David said, to whom do you belong and where are you from? I've read over this many times. 
I've been reading the Word of God since 40 years. For 40 years, I've been reading the Word of God, and I'd read over it and read over it and read over it. And sometimes you read something and you don't see something. And then all of a sudden it gets pointed out to you and you're like, oh, here they go, 400 guys. How did they know where to go? When he said, you pursue, overtake, and recover all. I mean, did God give him his GPS points? Here you go. You know what I mean? Did Siri come up and go, turn left at the brook? I mean, it didn't happen, right? And, and it was like, hey, I'm, oh, Siri's answering me over here. Sorry. Be quiet. Ain't nobody talking to you. So, so, so it's like, here they go. And where, where do they go? So they, they're coming along and they find this guy. Okay, guys, I want you to re- take this and remember this towards what you're walking through and that God will give you provision in the middle of what you're walking through. He'll give you direction even when you don't know where you're going. Even when you're not sure where you're going. So they run up on this guy and they, they look at him and, and they find him, right? And he's, he's an enemy. I mean, I'm surprised they just didn't run him through and just keep going. But they didn't. They brought him to David. And in the midst of difficulty, we still need to have compassion. In the midst of tragedy... We still need to be compassionate to others. It may be the very key that God's looking for to unlock a lock for you. So they find this guy. (laughs) I love this part. They find him. It's like give him some food. Give him some figs and raisins. I mean, it was good. Fan him. Give him some water. You know what I mean? What they were doing is they were strengthening him again. They took him to David, and David's like, don't kill him. Let's let's let's." He needs some food. Get him some food. Take care of him. David comes back and comes to talk to him and says, oh, by the way, where you been? Somebody, somebody say bingo. I'm not, I'm not a big bingo person, but you may be. But it, it's all of a sudden there was the winning card. He found him. He looked at him. Check this out. And, and at times of suffering and wilder, in, even in the wilderness, look for direction. Come on, everybody, say that. Look for direction. Come on, everybody. Look for direction. Because there's times where we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Do I go? Do I do? Do I stay? Do I do? Do I jump up? Sit down? Whatever I do. God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Look for direction. He found this guy, and he brings him in. Let me, let me get back into the Word of God, and here's what it says. And he said to him, I'm a young man from Egypt. I'm a servant of the Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. And we made an invasion on the southern area of the Cherethites and the territory which belongs to Judah. David's ears probably went. He probably leaned in. I go down to Oklahoma City and if somebody talks about Woodward, I lean in. Y'all? Woodward? What about Woodward? And he talks about belonging to Judah. And he says, one of the southern areas of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. That's the time to say bingo. And I don't, David's heart was for the Lord. He could have run him through. 
But all of a sudden, he takes care of him. He has compassion. He nurses him, brings him back, and then he visits with him. Where you been? What have you been doing? Ah, uh, we plundered this place, and we plundered that place, and by the way, we plundered Ziklag. He didn't know they came from Ziklag. He didn't know that was David and his men. He didn't know that. I mean, this guy must have been pretty valuable. See, I, when I look at stuff in the Bible, I look at it probably different than a lot of some different people. But he must have been pretty valuable. He was, uh, we're going to use the term slave. I know we don't want to use that term nowadays, but it's servant. He was the servant of the, the master. But the master must have been so close to the leadership of the Amalekites that he knew where they were going. Hello? He was close enough to the leader that he understood or overheard them say where they were going. Can I get an amen on that? So do you, do you, do you see that? He knew where they were going. And most servants don't know what the owner's doing most of the time. He knew that what they were doing, so he must have been valuable. The problem is, is here is the Amalekites, and they just came into Ziklag, right? They took all the women and the children and all the spoil and all the food and all the provisions, right? So it wasn't as if the Amalekites didn't have money to keep or, or didn't have the ability to keep this guy healthy. Hello? It's one thing is I'm so poor, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted that I can't go to the doctor. So here's a guy that's a servant of his master, and he falls sick, and they leave him. How many people they could have had all of families carry the guy? Are you with me? Are you all understanding? This wasn't, they weren't broke, busted, and disgusted traveling. They just came back from Ziklag and the Cherethites, and, they, and they, they had all this spoil, and they had all this stuff. So it wasn't if they didn't have the stuff to take care of this guy. You know, if I could understand if they didn't have the stuff and they just let him die. Three days, they let him die. They just put him over there. They didn't, he didn't have anything for three days, no food, no water. He was, he was hungry. And David, David said to him, can you take me to this troop? And, it, I mean, was David's demeanor, like, calm and cool? I mean, because if it was me and Shelly was with him, I'd be going, take me there now, buddy. <laughs> Right? I'd be, I'd be like, I'm going to go get my wife now. I'm going to get her back now. But David was like, oh, by the way, hey, can you take me to this troop? Yeah, yeah. So here's what he says. He said, swear to me by God that you'll neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. This guy was not stupid. He was like, you've caught me. I'm the enemy. But here's what I need. I need some assurances. Um, could we do a contract? Don't take me to my master once you find him. Because if he took him to the master and the master, they would have killed him. They would have killed him. Here's what it says. He says, um, we take me to this troop. And he brought him down and they were spread out. Okay, here we go. I'll bring back up a little bit. So he said, swear to me to God that you neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down... They were spread out all over the land. What? Eating and drinking. You with me? Dancing, singing, having a little blast. Because all of the great spoil that they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. 
And then David attacked them from twilight until evening the next day. How many of you know, when I was in school, I was just a little kid, and a lot of people picked on me and stuff, and they said, you know what, I'm, you and I, we're going to fight. And I said, well, you're going to bring your lunch. Does anybody know what that means? That means we ain't going to go out there, and you're going to hit me one time, knock me down. I said, I'm going after it all day long. You're going to have to stop, eat something, because we're going to still go at it. And I, I think about this, and I... I thought, here we go. David attacked from twilight to evening of the next day. I mean, they had war, they had war, they had war. And you got to remember, millions of people were spread out. And they had different camps and different areas. So you could go in and you could take one sector and you could wipe them out. And it may take you six hours to wipe them out. And then, and then you may rest. But this area didn't speak to that area. They didn't have where you could text them. They didn't have your little videos that you take right now. Are you with me? And, and then all of a sudden, something that can happen in Paris, all of a sudden, two minutes later, we're hearing about it in the United States. They didn't have it. They were partying. They wasn't worried about nothing. Could they hear the war going on? Maybe not, because they was dancing, and they were having a good time. They were, they were throwing down. Are you with me? They were going after it, so they were enjoying it. And it goes on, and it says, Not a man of them escaped, except 400 men young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered that the Amalekites had carried away. They, they had carried away. And the David rescued his two wives. I'm not even going to go there. And nothing of theirs was lacking. Where's, where, is Angela still here or did she? Uh, Steve, will you, will you come on up and will you play a little bit? I'm finishing up here, guys. Nothing of theirs was lacking. Nothing of theirs was lacking. Either great nor small, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Everybody say recover all. Recover all. Come on, say it again. Recover all. They recovered all. In other words, they went, they went to war. They came in, and I don't know where they snuck in at twilight. And just in the evening, they weren't expecting them to come. And they, they came in, and they began to war, and they war, and they war, and they battled, and they, they won. And I mean, you, I don't know why they don't make movies of this nowadays. This stuff would sell. I mean, they wiped them out. And, then, and it wasn't just, you know, for a couple hour battle. I mean, it was all day long. And, then, and, and they began to restore because God restored. Everybody say God restored. And we've been talking about restoring. I need you to hear me today. We've been talking about restoring because God is at that place where he's ready to begin to restore. He's going to work through you, and there's going to be some things that are going to happen, and he's going to restore relationships. He's going to restore honor. He's going to restore gifts and talents and abilities. He's going to restore finances. He's going to restore those things which the enemy has stolen, and you're going to go and you're going to say, wait a minute, I'm going to get it back, and I'm going to do what I hear from the Lord saying, do I overdo it? Do I, do, I, do, I, do, I, do I pursue and overtake and recover all? He's going to restore. Somebody say restore. He's going to restore. He's going to restore. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Yeah, I'm getting fired up. I'll let you go here in just a minute. I want to give you three things real quick. Real quick meaning the next ten minutes. Number one, strengthen ourselves in the Lord is an essential part of understanding or stewarding our hearts. Next slide, if you can. There we go. Strengthening ourselves in the Lord is an essential part of stewarding our hearts. Stewarding our hearts. Because it's about the heart thing, right? 
People's behavior can change, but it will only stay that way if their heart is changed. Hello? I can quit doing this or doing that or doing this, but if in my head, but if my heart isn't there, I'll go back to doing it. Oh, come on. Let me speak some truth. So we, when you're by yourself, when you're in the wilderness, when you're alone, when things are difficult, when you feel isolated, and that may be all of us, and it may be today, right now, that we, it's our heart that God's after. And how we steward our heart for the Lord. How I understand His Word and how I believe God and how I believe in that He is a good Father. And how I steward that. It's, it's going to be how we steward our... It's an essential part of stewarding our hearts. The Bible says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So there's going to be times like David where you're... You have to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Because it's 2 o'clock in the morning. And don't be calling Pastor Shelley at 2 o'clock in the morning. Come on, somebody. But you, you know, we're there and we, we will be there. But the, you, there's times where it's, I can't get a hold of them. I, don't, I wanted to talk to uh, my sister so-and-so and I couldn't get her. And, and man, I've been texting her and Facebooking her. And she, I don't know where she's at and what's going on and what, what's going on with her. But, but there's a time where, guess what? You get to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Maybe she's not there because it's between you and God. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's number one. The heart enables you to have faith. Your heart enables you to have faith. You can have head knowledge. You can have what we call mental assent. You know the mental assent you've heard me tell you? You sit there and you watch TV and they're exercising. And they're exercising. And, you know, it's the, you know, they're down at the beach and it looks good. And they're doing four more, three more, two more. And you're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're thinking, you start scrolling in your phone. You look for treadmills and you look for exercise equipment. And you're watching what they're doing, right? We've mentally ascended. We know we need to be there. But then we don't ever do anything about it. Because it's got to be in our heart. And our, our heart enables us to have faith like David. I want you to have faith like David. Faith like David. Faith like David. It's, it's our heart. Everybody say our heart. And the third thing I want to leave with you as we've looked at what David's life is about here is that God never sets us up to fail. It's not in God's vocabulary. We think in our Western culture, our Western mindset, we fail. No, God sets us up to grow. Failure's not in his vocabulary. God doesn't lose. He's not going to lose. He'll never lose. Come on, somebody. He's a winner. He's victorious. You may lose a battle, but doesn't mean you lose the war. Because we're going to have the victory. Somebody say victory. So when we look at something, and, and I might say, man, I failed at that. I failed at this. I failed at this. Uh, Years ago, we heard this deal where it said, nothing beats a failure but a try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try that. Then you're not going to fail because you've tried. It may not have been successful, or maybe you've learned something from it, and you've grown through it. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you hearing what I'm trying to get you to hear today? 
and have the ears to hear that there's some things that we go through and you can look on your life and you say, man, I failed at this, I failed at this, I failed at this, I failed at this. I, I failed at a marriage. Did I fail at a marriage? Or was it a place where God set me up to grow and know I had to change some things in my life? Come on, somebody. And to be able to have a restoration of my wife. Because we've learned through those things that we call failure, we've learned not to do it again. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You've heard me say that. If you're going to do something different, you, got, you want something different, do something different. But we don't fail. God's, God is not setting you up to fail. He's putting you to a place or allowing you to walk into a place where if you're in the wilderness and what are you going to do and how you're going to do and you're going to begin to hear him and there is going to be growth from that. Man, I just think about that. Meditate on that this week. Just because you lose doesn't make you a loser. Right? Just because you win doesn't make you a winner. Because God is setting us to a place where he's walking us through stuff and he wants us to grow. I'm not one that says God put cancer on you just to see if you can grow through that. No. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God says, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But in the midst of that, you will grow. In the, oh, come on. Are you hearing me? In the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the suffering, and I'm going back to David, in the midst of coming home and finding everything else is gone, his family's gone, his children, his wives, and, and all their stuff and possessions and all the guy's stuff is gone. And then in the middle of that, he could have said, I failed. But how many of you know it's not over yet? Tell your neighbor, say, it's not over. Hey, by the way, it is not over. It is not over. A lot of times we think, the enemy wants us to think, this is the end of the chapter right here. It's fixing to end. No, I got news for you. There's a whole other chapter, and we're going to have victory. Somebody say victory. And we're going to begin to grow. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to get stronger because that's the God we serve. My God's not a failure. I'm sorry. I want you to shift how you think about that. If you think God's failing, God is not going to fail. He does not fail. He will not fail. And he will not fail you. Can I have a better amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. There are times where you have to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And that's hard. That's hard. But know that when you have to walk through those things, that God's beginning to set things up for you to have victory. Let's stand to our feet today. Thank you, Lord. 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 I just want you to just take one moment here and just think about the struggle that you're up against. Some of you struggling with life issues. Some of you struggling with health. Some of you struggling with finances. Some of you are struggling with all sorts of different stuff. Family, friends, society, economy. There's all sorts of struggles. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Just close your eyes a moment and just begin to start focusing on that struggle. What you focus on, you empower. 
What you focus on, you empower. What you continually look at, you empower. When you're driving down the street and you're looking to the left, you're looking to the left, you will start turning left in your car. When you focus on God's goodness, if you focus on God's strength, if you focus on God's ability, if you focus on, you know, God's victory, then we're going to be drawn to that. So in that situation that you're in, in situation that you're up against, and sometimes it's felt lonely, and sometimes you've been alone, and sometimes you've not known what to do or how to do it, I'm going to tell you that God is with you. Just begin to ask Him. Just begin to talk to Him. Begin to invite Him into that situation. God's wanting to shift some things this year. He's wanting to restore some things in your life this year. Because he is a restoring God, just like he did with David. And you can continue to read the rest of that because there's, we'll get into that next week, but read the rest of that. Read the rest of, of chapter 30 and you'll begin to see how God restored some stuff. And if he did it for one, he'll do it for them. And if he did it for somebody else, he'll do it for you. So the situation's not over, it's not ended unless you say it's over, unless you say it's ended. So just let God begin to work on that situation. Invite him in. Right now, church, begin to invite him into that situation. Say, God, I need you in this situation. I need you in this situation with my granddaughter. I need you in this situation with my children. I need you in this situation with my parents. I need you in the situation with my, my family. I need you in this situation with this, this world economy. We need you in this situation with this, with this world and what we're walking in. I need you in this situation in our city and the state as well as this nation. We're inviting him. We're, we're asking you for wisdom. Begin to ask him for the wisdom of that situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do I pursue? Do I overtake? Do I recover all? When you pursue, I believe that God wants you to overtake and recover all. It's like, it's like they're attached. They're on the same string. When you pull the string, pursue, all of a sudden re, uh, overtaking and recovering all is along with that. And God wants you to begin to step into those areas in your life. He's for you, not against you. He's with you, not against you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm giving you an invitation to invite him in your heart. People receive Christ. They don't have to walk an aisle. They do it right there. And then when you say, God, I need you. God, I want you to come into my life and to be my Lord and my Savior. And just begin to ask him. That's, it's that simple. He says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. You confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then, 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 then you're, you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. And then you want to tell somebody about it. You want to begin to get into the word of God and begin to read, begin to learn, begin to grow. And all those things will be washed away. All those things will be put under the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what God does for you. Thank you, Lord. I love the children's voice. Thank you, Lord. I just pray a blessing over you guys today. I thank you that you're going to be encouraged and that you serve a God that's not a loser. He's a winner. And he's going to continue to have victory. So whatever you've gone through, the failures of this life, just begin to give them to God. And he's going to walk you and walk you through victory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place today. Say, God is good all the time. And all the time.
God is good. Amen. We bless you. We send you forth in his power and his might. Have a great afternoon in the Lord. Go forth and be a blessing to others. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you, Lord.